First episodes are always weird. They're hard to start. Do you start with the description or you just jump right into the content? I say we avoid all the awkward stuff. I'm James Kennison. I was a pastor for 13 years and I struggle like mad. So I've created a podcast called Not Quite Christ-like for those whose relationship with Christ may not be straightforward. We'll be addressing struggles with faith, doubt, loss, depression, anxiety, and feelings of disconnect from the church. If your Christian walk feels like a climb, this podcast is probably for you. Here on episode one, the title is Special Needs Christian. Genesis 32, 22 through 32. I'm reading from the CEV, the Contemporary English Version. So if you're KJV only, you're going to hate me. I like CEV because it's written at a third grade level. It was translated from the original text by people who were writing for English as second language, ESL people. And so it's written very plainly and it's good for adults, new believers, and children. I don't suggest studying from the CEV. For me, that's the NIV or the NASB. NASB is the most accurate translation. So Genesis 32, 22 through 32 is the story of Jacob wrestling with the angel of the face of God, the pre-incarnate Christ. Jacob got up in the middle of the night and took his wives, his 11 children, and everything he owned across the other side of the Jebok River for safety. Afterwards, Jacob went back and spent the rest of the night alone. A man came and fought with Jacob until just before daybreak. When the man saw that he could not win, he struck Jacob in the hip and threw it out of joint. And they kept on wrestling until the man said, Let go of me. It's almost daylight. You can't go until you bless me, Jacob replied. Then the man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. The man said, from now on, your name will no longer be Jacob. You will be called Israel because you have wrestled with God and with men and you have won. Jacob said, now tell me your name. Don't you know who I am? He asked and he blessed Jacob so slick. <laughs> Jesus is so slick. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? Jacob, his name means the supplanter. A supplanter takes over or takes the place of someone else, usually on purpose. If you remember the story of when they were born, Jacob and Esau, Jacob came out holding the ankle of his brother. Jacob also later on tricked his brother into giving him his birthright with a bowl of soup. And he then tricked his dad by putting on hairy skins on his arms so he would appear to be his brother. He ran away after stealing the blessing. He was a supplanter. Israel, his new name, meant God perseveres. Persevere means to maintain a purpose despite difficulty. This took the focus off Jacob's reputation and on to God's reputation. 
The first thing I take from this is God has changed your name. You get the benefit of God's reputation. You are directed by God's consistent purpose. Even if you feel like you've ruined that purpose or the purpose has ruined you, God has decided that you are a different person than you are. When he looks at you, he sees the success that he is having in your life instead of what you think he sees, which are all the failures. It's because this is how forgiveness works. When you ask forgiveness, God says he takes the memory of that sin and he takes it and puts it as far as the east is from the west in the sea of forgetfulness. So that means when he looks back at your life, all he sees is a series of times that you've obeyed him. We think he looks back and sees failure after failure after failure after failure. But in the eyes of God, you've been on the right path all along. I hope that gives you comfort. Because when he looks at you, he sees the success he's having in your life. He sees his fingerprint on your clay. He sees you as persistent and as a perseverer, which I don't think is a word, but it is for now. You are a perseverer. So accept this gift from him, even if it's unbelievable, even if you can't wrap your mind around it, just simply believe it. Take it on. Even if you don't know where to put it in your mind, accept it as truth. God has changed your name. Your name is no longer a supplanter, a fake, a phony, someone who is just scraping by. You are directed by God's consistent purpose, you have a new name and your new name is based on God's reputation. He perseveres. We may not, but he does. And that's what he sees when he looks at you. A perseverer, which is a terrible word. <laughs> but <laughs> My second point, God sees struggle as strength. We see struggle as weakness. But Jacob met the pre-incarnate Christ and Christ fought him. And I can relate. This is the Jesus that I know. Everything he wants me to do is a struggle for me. Maybe I'm not Christian enough because obedience isn't easy for me. I do it though, despite how I feel. Ideally, we obey out of an overflow of love from God, but I find myself obeying out of a sense of duty. I don't always feel like it, but I do it. Sure, I'd like to feel like doing it, but it's easier to act your way into feelings than it is to feel your way into actions. So we struggle. I struggle. But couldn't that struggle be called strength? Because Jacob struggled. And the only way Jacob could prove his strength was to wrestle with God. I don't believe people who have never fought God have experienced the fullness of their salvation. You don't know your true strength until you have fought someone. Philippians 2.12b says, Work with fear and trembling to discover what it really means to be saved. Work with fear and trembling. It's like the opposite of every success-based 
pastor, preacher, minister that I've heard. That sounds like we're supposed to be struggling with our faith. In this podcast, you're not going to be looked down upon for being a struggler. You're going to be looked at someone who is doing what the Bible says we're supposed to be doing. If you blindly accept everything that is thrown at you from Scripture and from your pastor and from your peers, you are not doing what the Bible tells us to do. Work with fear and trembling to discover what it really means to be saved. The Bible talks about the refiner's fire that heats our faith and burns out the chaff. There is so much crud that has been added to Christianity that is not Christianity. Christianity is literally being Christ-like. I'm not quite there. And I'm not going to walk around and judge people who aren't Christ-like either. And that includes sinners and self-righteous church members. Obedience means complying with everything that God has commanded. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. But I think it counts extra if you're 100% in agreement with what you're doing. I do. I, I think there are people that find it easier to obey God. And then there are people like me who struggle, who fight who have a better idea, who don't want to do the hard thing, even though we know, who wants to pray about it as a stall tactic instead of just doing what they know God wants them to do. But you know what? We're in good company because in Luke twenty-two forty-three, 43, Jesus says this, Father, if you will, please don't make me suffer by drinking from this cup, but do what you want and not what I want. Notice he says, not what I want. What did Jesus want? What did he want in that moment? He wanted not to suffer. He wanted not to drink the cup. He was struggling. His will was separate from the Father for the first time in his existence. But you know what? Even though he didn't want to, what did he say? Not what I will but what you will. And so though I believe it counts <laughs> extra, if you are 100% into what God wants you to do, I don't think it matters if you do it and you don't. It might even count extra for us too because Jesus got full credit. In that moment of weakness, he still submitted his will to God. So it doesn't matter how much you struggle. That's not a strike against you. Jesus did it too. See, that's strength right there, in my opinion, what Jesus did. When you don't want to and you do it anyway, that's harder than when you want to do it. The last thing I want to leave you with is God leaves you limping. The Bible says he struck Jacob on the hip and threw it out of joint. I imagine that he walked with a limp coming back from that confrontation. It was the only physical evidence that he had of the entire affair. Everything else he would just have to tell people. I have a new name now. I wrestled with a dude. Oh yeah? 
yeah, look, check out this limp. I fought a guy. That limp was there because he had been bested by a wrestler who played dirty. Jesus cheated. <laughs> you got to let me go. It's almost sun up. There goes his hip. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. But see, you came away with a new name, a tested strength and a limp. And that's why I say I can't relate to Christians that don't walk with a limp. I'm talking about people who have suffered, who feel lost, who struggle with their faith, but aren't easily swayed. They're hard-headed. They're often depressed and feel defeated. But they're faithful despite it all, or at least they want to be. See, those are the true children of God. We're just stupid kids who have to rely on God just to walk in a straight line, just to walk the straight and narrow. We make stupid choices and we need our father to accept us and train us and beat the crap out of us sometimes until we finally start listening to him and believing how he sees us. Isn't that the hardest part is believing what God believes about us? It is for me. He believes our new name. God perseveres. Not the old name where I suck or I'm a piece of crap or I can't get this right. I'm not pleasing God. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I should be further along in my Christian walk than I am. God doesn't see that in you. He sees you're persevering. But I'm not persevering, James. You get the benefit of God's reputation. That's what he sees. How much freedom does that give you now? How much pressure does that take off? That it doesn't rely on you. It relies on God. So many people think their relationship with God is solely based on their strength. They don't even think about it. It's just, you know, you're holding on like you're on a rope. And if you let go, you'll slip. And if you let go even more, you'll fall. That's the way we see our relationship with God. It's a struggle. He's the one in charge of us. He's the one in charge of how fast you grow. He's the one shaping you and molding you. He's the one that works everything out for your good and his glory. So much of our relationship with God is on him and his strength and what he says. Very little of it is on our end. And now that's contrary to what I've heard my whole life. But it's true. Who died on the cross? Who calls us to salvation? Jesus died. The Holy Spirit draws us. All we do is believe that Jesus rose from the dead and confess it with our mouths. That's it. That's what we do. And then we allow God to begin to change us. And yes, we fight. And yes, we struggle just like toddlers do. Because we have a will. And we think we know what's best. And we know what feels good. And we know what, what's going to be the easiest route to take. God has different ideas. And I think those who have struggles, that have, quote unquote, better ways of doing things, but still do it God's way, I think those people are, are strong. Because they have wrestled with God, but they have that limp. So, we have a new name. 
we know our true strength and we have a lame limp. That limp to me is our dependence on him. So it turns out that God is a crutch. If you see that as a weakness, then you don't know, you don't know my story. I fought God, but he gives me extra love and extra grace because I need more than the average person. I walk with a limp. God is my crutch. I am a special needs Christian. My challenge for you today is to accept that you share God's reputation as a winner, as a perseverer. Accept that your struggles show your strength instead of your weaknesses. Accept your limp because your reliance on God to maintain your Christian walk is your strength. If you had feedback on this episode, send it to notquitechristlike at gmail.com. I may read it on the next episode. I may respond to it in person, but I'd love to get your feedback. God bless you guys. I hope you benefited from me sharing from my heart today. Take care.